In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, what to do when you feel like life is kicking your ass. I can't believe I just said that. That's I'm so na- proud of you. That's a naughty word. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. I'm fresh off a naughty word and I'm not feeling great about it. But, Did you uh, have some of my cup? No, <laughs> no, that's not that day. Um, yeah, I figured it would be great for an impromptu uh, episode and uh, I felt like that was appropriate because right now we're kind of feeling like life is kicking our tail. Um, I figured I'd announce the show, but maybe one naughty word is <laughs> is all you're going to get out of me. That's okay. Um, That's what you have me for. True that. Go ahead all and right. put your E on there and it's your fault. Is that an explicit word? Depends on who's listening. You consider it an explicit word. I do. Indeed. So. Well, not always. That's true, too. <laughs> Moving on. Sometimes during sexy time, little dirty talk. Anyway, let's get to this. Hey, guys, remember, utilize that email address. Um, for those of you who are emailing back and forth, know that uh, as we make our move into Texas, the emails may not be going back and forth as quickly because we got a lot going on. But I will get to them, and I will get back to you. So know that in the meantime reach out to us give us a five-star rating if you so see fit to do so if you are intent on giving us a one-star rating i hope you don't know how to do it (laughs) (laughs) just kidding not really Uh, anyway today we are going to uh, maybe you're saying hey what's the email address it's j-e-a-n-n-e at mvsmpodcast.com or Q-U-I-N-C-Y at MVSMpodcast.com. So Jeannie at MVSMpodcast.com or Quincy at MVSMpodcast.com. So what to do when life is kicking your A-double-you-know-what? Let me ask you this question, honey. How you doing? Tired. Yeah. Very, very tired, emotionally drained. Yeah, how could you not be with uh, with what we have decided to put ourselves through? Understandably so. Well, we're down to the wire now, so um, it's just, there's not as much to do, but yet it feels like there is a ton left to do. Yeah. So. It's, it's like when you are eating your vegetables as a kid. And you've eaten so many pieces of corn, it feels like a thousand. And there's like 20, 20, 15, 20 left. And you're like, it's just so hard to finish with anything. It's mm-hmm. just hard to finish. So how can uh, how can you describe what is on your plate right now and what you're going through emotionally? And then how can we give the group some i'm totally springing this on you right now how can we give the group some uh support strategies for their spouse 
Um, wow. Okay. So <clears throat> currently we are, I would say about 75% done with all of our packing, maybe. And we are still trying to get the last bit of that done. We have Hunter and Kirsten home 24-7 with no structure, no routine, and those two on their own are absolute chaos at the moment. She's actually being good. She's actually being pretty chill. Other than the fact that she's wanting to be out more and doing more, she's actually behaving. No, that's, a, that's actually a plus. Yeah, there's no major like biting or hitting or any kind of episodes like that. He is off his rocker. But he is considerably better than what he's been over the last few weeks. I think as we get closer, that's going to kind of teeter off a little bit. He just he just needs to see where we're going. Um, I think that's a lot of it. And you'll be home for a couple of weeks while we're shifting all the stuff over. So I think that will help too because he's going to have solid dad time. So um, I don't know. Everything on top of that is just racking my brain on what needs to be done when we get there what needs to be done here you know wanting to see a few people before we leave leaving people that i never thought i would leave um it's it's a lot it's a lot yeah i mean if you're new to the show or you're a listener and you're just getting ready to catch up and you're diving in on this particular episode to catch you up to speed quincy genie and the uh, great eight are moving from California to Texas. And we've been working through this for a while and trying to orchestrate ourselves um, with yard sales, throwaways, and packing to get ready. And now, at the time of this recording, we're about three or four days away from the moving truck showing up. In between all of that, finishing school, graduations, proms, um, you know, driving school online there's there's been a lot in probably the last six weeks i think we have just been absolute balls to the wall no slowing down very few breaks mm -hmm. it's it's been absolute chaos not not because it's you know life driving us crazy it's chaos we created it's just a lot in a, in a very short span of time. Right. And then if you are new to the show, uh, we talk about Hunter and Kirsten. Three of our eight kids uh, have autism. And we do. We got eight kids. We, have, uh, we had a boy, and then we had triplet girls. We had another singleton girl. Then we had twin girls, and then another girl. So one boy, seven girls. That's the Moran family. The three eldest kids have autism to varying degrees. Recently... Like our uh, our oldest son is getting ready to be 21 um, in July of this year, and then the triplets are 19, heading towards 20 at the end of the year. So they the the two uh, more severe autistic kids uh, were going to an autism academy, and they have finished, and that's why Jeannie's saying they're home 24/7 now, and their their routine has been turned upside down really since 2020 um, in the COVID situation, but a lot lately and especially now that school is over so they're kind of trying to find their footing while the house is in disarray because yeah. we are loading up and moving things and like she said getting ready for you know we've had a couple of parties um then the girl two of the girls graduated 
third one graduating here pretty soon, and then just an upheaval in my schedule this year. And that's why, if you haven't listened to that uh, episode, is it life? Is it chaos or is it just life? Really, it's this is all life, and some chaos you create, and some chaos comes your way without you asking for it. And I'm just here, and we have episodes to do, but I wanted to get Jeannie in front of the microphone to really tap into her emotional state. And this is a place of therapy for us. And the key that I would have you listen to, listener, is how do you have these talks? This is, a, this is not a rehearsed talk. Is that fair, honey? Yeah, no, this is definitely not rehearsed. No, I'm just dumping this on you right now so we can talk through and you can kind of listen in real time to what we're going through and then kind of use that based on what you have going on in your life. Maybe it's medical, maybe it's financial, maybe you're moving or maybe you've just moved or considering a move. So as my cousin Noah taught me, eat the meat and spit out the bones. And uh, and then you can use these, whatever strategies we come up with in your relationship. And if you have, if you're like, well, this particular strategy kind of sucks, but I've got one that works better, um, then send it over in an email because we're looking to learn just as much from you. Yeah, this chaos is not going to slow down anytime soon. We're We're looking at just in the next probably 12 weeks time moving getting from one state to the other getting kids enrolled into new schools sports starting back up yep um your job is still you're still in between two places at the moment you're Mm going to be in between two places for a short but unknown amount of time um you know hunter and kirsten are going to be hopefully getting into some programs when we leave but that's a timetable thing again on top of that, we're trying to adjust. The kids are going to have to adjust between having one parent and two parents off and on until we're solidified. And then on top of that, we have goals for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I've got a plan with Mo to get back in the gym and get back to what we were doing beforehand. And um, there's, there's just a lot of moving pieces. Kids getting ready to get jobs. There, there's a lot going on in the next 12 weeks. We're going to find out real quick how much of this chaos we created <laughs> and how much of this chaos is just things that we didn't expect to, to happen. I think we'll be good. I'm not really worried about there being major issues, but to be honest, I have so many different things going through my head. I can't focus on any one Mm-hmm. At any given moment, like right now, trying to pack today and getting through the final stuff, I'm pinging from room to room to room. I cannot stay in one spot and do something. It's like my brain automatically goes, oh, wait, you got to go do this. And I go do it. And then I stop and I'm standing in the middle of the room trying to figure out why am I down here and what am I doing? I'm supposed to be doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. So it's it's a lot. Well, I've and I've heard that in the past, like uh, being attributed to the the lizard brain or something like that. It's like your your brain will will try to distract you from things that you're trying to accomplish. It's the fight or flight type part of your mind. And if I got that wrong, so be it. But what I'm looking at, just listening to you talk, 
Um, there's an emotional side of this and there's a physical side of this. So when it comes to like maintaining your sanity in the face of all this, what are you doing to ensure that you don't lose your crap? Are you doing or, or, I don't or think I'm doing anything to make sure I don't lose my crap. I'm still I don't know. I'm I'm trying to just mow through what needs to be done. I haven't actually taken time to let the emotional side of all of this register yet. I'm I'm not going to be able to do that until we're on the move or there. Just for the simple fact that there's too many other things going on. And my emotions are already running high. If I allow myself that collapse moment, you may not be able to pull me up again for a day or two. And we don't have that kind of time. Um, I'm trying to be there for the kids. A lot of them are going through some emotions right now. A couple of them are, are freaking out, leaving their friends. And, you know, one finally started making friends and now she's got to leave. So she's having a hard time. And I'm noticing watching her, she mimics a lot of what I do and shuts herself down or shuts it off and doesn't want to acknowledge it. So I'm trying to be mindful of that so that I'm not doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. I don't want her doing that. Um, I mean, I take my breaks. I make sure I get my 30 minutes to relax in the tub or read a book before bed. Even that though, I can't, I can't shut my brain off long enough to actually read and get into what I'm reading, which is really weird for me. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have a shut off right now, even sleeping. I, I'm sleeping, but it's, my brain is still going. Like the minute I wake up, whether it's to go get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom or wake up in the morning, my brain automatically goes to, okay, this is today's list. And it just starts shooting rapid fire. Yep. Yep. And that's why I think you've seen me call a few more family meetings here and uh, work to get everybody like on the same line. Well, and it's hard because the kids keep coming to me saying, well, what, what do you want me to do? I'm done with my project. What do you need me to do? I don't have an answer. For me to stop and try to figure that out, it pulls me out of what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I can't think straight because I have no idea where I'm at on the page right now. I'm just trying to get basic stuff finished. Uh, this is not even a third of what we had to pack. And it's still daunting to look at right now. Yeah, I, th I think as, as we get closer, small amounts or smaller amounts is just going to look like, it's going to look like a huge amount because we're getting up against the wire. But what I'm doing from my side to try to help you maintain whatever level of sanity you have, because I think in the house, everybody's so touchy right now, mm -hmm. myself included. Like things, no, noises or sounds or whatever that we would normally just not even think twice about. Now I was like, whoa, just you got, no, you got to <laughs> stop that. Stop, stop that. Because well, and the house is empty, so there's nothing on the walls. True. There's, the furniture is pretty much moved out or stacked to one location, so everything reverberates off the walls, and it's just like, dude, volume control, please. Yeah, so... That's that's one attempt by me just to continually check in, especially when I'm home. I'm calling the group together a few times a day. And yesterday when we sat at the table and we were talking, finally some of the girls started really 
letting their emotions out. Yeah. Three in particular. And um, I think that is, I think that's where eventually we need to get to, to have, you know, and I, I'm going to, to them and saying, hey, I know this move is not your choice. Um, sorry for the hard feelings. Ultimately, I think it's going to be better for us. Um, remember, I love you, even if you hate me right now. Just checking in with them as well mm-hmm. to try to give them a, a spot to even speak up if they wanted to and say, yeah, you're not my favorite person because you're moving us, which I understand. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard, you know, as a parent sometimes to do what you believe is right for your children because of the level of discomfort. You know, we don't want to disappoint our kids, so to speak. Disappointment is a part of life, and they've they've had plenty of it in their life. But you know, this is this is a big deal, and it's I really tough. I think the benefit for them though is that you have done this before a few times, so they have you to kind of look at and and know you were okay after bouncing back and forth and the stuff that you had to go through. You turned out okay. I mean, we turned out all right. I've never done this. So this is just as new for me as it is for them. I've moved maybe six times my entire life, and all of them have been in the same area. Yeah. You know, it's just from a different location in town or to a bigger house or a bigger condo. But now it's like, this is this is big. This is really big. Yeah, and but, I'm, I hope bringing up, you know, like when Chris comes to visit or in times past when other friends have come to visit, like, you know, you had Shannon who moved away and y'all still keep in touch. Um, you know, your mom and dad and brother-in-law, sister moved away. We still find ways to keep in touch. My family, we still keep in touch. And hopefully seeing that, I mean, they've even had their friend uh, move away because her parents are in the military, you know, and they mm-hmm. moved to Alaska and they still keep in touch. So hopefully that part is seen and, and recognized to to kind of console it. it nothing's going to take the emotion away. I Nothing think they're should. worried about that, though, because in times past, in the last two or three years, the friends that they have now would say they're going to show up or would say they're going to go do something or they're going to call them or what have you, and they don't follow through. So now that this is such a big gap, and these same people are saying they're going to email, they're going to text, they're going to call, they're going to write, they're going to do all these things. I think that's where the girls are getting kind of freaked out because these are five and 50 friends and a lot of them are like maybe 10, maybe 15 at the most. And our kids love wholeheartedly. They they just, they gravitate to people much like you and I do and they pour everything they've got into it. Yeah. And even when they don't get enough out of it, they continue to pour themselves into it. Now I think they're worried that some of these people will either forget about them because their life's going to go on and they're kids. You know, or you don't always think about other people when you're a teenager going through your own stuff. And I think that's, that's they're kind of nervous about all that. They're worried about leaving your mom and, you know, your your sister here and not being able to see them and them not, you know, being able to come out and visit and whatnot. It's like, well, the sad part about that is that's what happens with life. Eventually, you guys are going to get married. You're going to grow up. You're going to move out. 
you're going to go do your thing. And, you know, a couple of them are looking at military. It's like, dude, you're, you can't guarantee you're going to be close to home. Right. That's something that you need to kind of think through. If this is going to be too difficult, you need to think that through because military, you could be moving clear across the world. We don't know. Yeah. But I don't ever want them to not have a goal because they're scared of leaving us behind or not being able to come back anytime. It's like, you guys can still write. You can still talk. You know, we're not going anywhere. These people aren't going anywhere. But they're, and they're some just... Of these, and some of the people, you know, in, in, with all due respect, some of the people were going to move themselves at some point or are going to move. Well, that and some of these people... In all honesty, we see them, what, three, four times a year anyway. And we live miles, I mean, like two to five miles from these people. So it's just trying to get them to wrap their head around. Sometimes you've got to make a decision that's the best for you. And there are people that are going to come with you. And there are people who are going to stay behind. And sometimes it's just people who are here for a season or two. You know, you just... I have two, maybe three people that I have remained friends with since childhood. I don't get to see them. I, some, one of them I don't even hardly talk to unless it's on Facebook. We might chat here and there. But I don't get to really connect with them like I used to. And out of all the people that I grew up with, all the friends that I had as a kid... That's how many are like solid relationships. I could call Shannon and we could pick up like we never left off. Yeah. Easy. Dion and I have had a lot of separation between us just because her life moved her clean across the States. And we just had too much going on. I couldn't go visit. We have, I can't go anywhere without the kids, mm-hmm. you know, but we still talk. We're still close. We still keep in contact. They know things are going on with me. But it's just not the same. And trying to get the girls to understand that people come and go. It, it, it's just life. Now, Melissa, I guarantee you will still be in our life for years to come. Mm-hmm. She'll find a way to travel. Her and Ashley will come and see us. I know this. Mm-hmm. And if they can't, I'll come see them. I, I will make sure that, that that friendship does not diminish. But outside of that, it's like, at what point do you just say, if they want to come see us, they need to come see us? You know, I know it sounds harsh to, to the kids. It sounds harsh. It sounds like I'm, I'm writing all these people off. I'm not. I just know where our priorities are, and our priorities are our children first. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is just an add-on. And it doesn't mean that I don't love you or anything. It just means that they understand our eight are the primary period. And the kids are still too young, I think, to wrap their head around all that. Well, I mean, you, they shouldn't be able to because they don't have, you know, the years of experience just in life that we do. And it's still going to be hard on us. So it is a, it's a life learning uh, experience they're going through now. And they've had a lot of life learning experiences just being a part of our family, even bringing people in and people promising that they're going to be and do these types of things and us helping them and them taking advantage of that help and then leaving. And now as difficult as it is, and look, 
I there was a situation like in my freshman year of college where you know I was dating this girl and I came out here to California and I promised her to her face I'm like I'm not I'm not moving to California I'm coming back to Alabama this is where I want to be I got school whatever don't trip I go every year to summer I go I never moved back and that's hard <laughs> it's a hard thing you know for her for me but you learn how to adapt to those difficulties in life and you make the best out of life that you can in the moment. And one thing I want to, you know, not putting you on the spot here, but I know we all cope with things differently. I think the way Mo is coping is through exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us cope differently with other habits, whether it's, you know, eating ice cream or drinking monsters or whatever it is. And the one thing I would say is if you know that uh, emotions are high and you can tell that everybody is at a fever pitch and you see some of these things um, that might come up, is it okay to, you know, just check in and say, hey, I notice you're going pretty hard on the sugar. Are you, are you all right? Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't bother me. I mean, I I will honestly tell you point blank to your face. I'm eating like crap right now. And it, it is what it is. This is where we're at. I'm not even, and it's not even that I'm craving stuff so much as this is just quick and easy. And I know it has just enough to give me energy and that's it. I'm not even thinking about eating healthy or what I should be doing. I'm thinking about what needs to get done and what do I need to get there? I mean, I'm, I'm tearing myself up with espressos and Americanos and I know it. I know before I even drink it, this is going to tear me up. But the caffeine buzz gets me a good four hours of getting stuff done. Yeah. So I put I go ahead and I put myself through it. Now, I know once we get there, I'm probably going to crash for a day or two just trying to make up for all the mess that we've been doing. But um, I don't mind the check-ins. Check-ins don't bother me as long as it's not, you know... It's not you in my face and we're arguing about it or something. It's fine. That doesn't bother me. You have to kind of, and I'm not saying it because you have to walk on eggshells with me. It's just thinking about the guys listening to it. If you already know she's on pins and needles, dude, don't pull the pin. The grenade is just sitting. Don't pull the pin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't, you know, especially, you know, when things are, as things are, are as messy as they are, you know, I'm, I'm just going to make mention every now and again and say, hey, you know, it looks like this is going on. Are you good? Because, um, you know, the at the end of at the end of it, there's going to be um, a physical check, check that you have to cash. Yeah. And I'm no, I know that, too, because I've allowed myself to get on the sugar free monster kick and I've been on it before and had to get off it before and just continually, you know, justifying whatever it is. So, you know, looking at that. Lesson number one is, you know, when things are going on, like when things are really happening, it's in the heat of the moment, take a step back and make sure to assess the moment that you're in. That's lesson number one. So if you, if you understand, you know, or you see your spouse or your kids and things seem to be like, everybody's so like, you can't say anything to anybody without them sparking a fire, step back and take an assessment 
for what's really going on in the moment. You know, for us, I think that helps because there was a time in our life, in our relationship, when Jeannie and I would be arguing and she would ask me if I'm okay and it would really make me mad. Mm-hmm. And one, I thought it was a dumb question. And two, I thought, you know, you should really know the answer to this. Um, but really, it's like, I'm never not going to be okay. And she's simply checking, are you okay? And it kind of went, you know, all came to an explosion at a movie theater when, you know, it's like, I'm always okay. And you never have to ask me again if I'm going to be okay. I'll always be fine. And it's like, oh, yeah. Well, I can tell by that response, you're great. Yeah. You know, just looking you're back something. On it. Yeah. Just <laughs> looking back on it. So, you know, be men, be an observer in your home, be an observer in your home. Listen. Um, Observe your wife and your kids. Listen to what they're saying. Watch their movements so that if they are going through, if there's some tip-offs that they are going through something emotional, emotionally, um, you can try to kind of stand in the gap there. I mean, we all need to learn how to work through our emo- uh, emotions as they change. But it does help having somebody else come in and take charge for a little bit, even if it's just to let me come in and you know, work on one room by myself or give me a breather because I'm, I'm getting high strung and you take over and give the kids exact instructions on what needs to happen. That takes stuff off my plate. That helps. Yeah. It it yeah. gives me a, a breather and, you know, making sure that we're stopping all together to have dinner, sit down, we'll watch a movie or watch a show for an hour or two, making sure everybody takes a break and that we're all taking the break together, I think makes a big difference too. Yeah. Because then you know, sit and puzzle, watch a movie, we'll laugh, we'll joke around. It just kind of diffuses everything for a short while. And then when it's time to get back to work, we get back to work. But we've had a a few minutes. It's kind of like when you get your coffee break at work, you know? You just need 10 minutes to get away from everybody. Yeah. Get your drink, get your head on straight, and then go back at it. It's the same concept. The kids need it too. Of course, of course. And, you know, I would say... um Lesson number two is to kind of check in to see how you and your spouse are working through things physically. Um, like Lots I say, of sex. Get, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, a, that's honest truth. All the stress, all of the frustration, all of the chaos that's going on. We are probably having more sex now than we have in the last month or two just because I have to stay connected to you. Everything else can go to crap. Everything else is is chaos, but we have to stay connected. I need the not only the physical release of it, mm-hmm. but I need the emotional connection that we're okay because this is a lot, and your head can, dude, my brain can take me in a lot of different directions. We've had a couple of heated conversations that didn't go well, mm-hmm. but we've come back, and we we make sure we come back and we reconnect, and we keep that part of us stable because there's too many uncertain variables moving around that the one thing that has to be solid is us and it's not just you know making sure that you're mechanically getting things right and everything's working we are actually purposefully discussing you know what do you need where where do you need me to be how much attention do you need is this a a I need to cuddle moment. Is this a, you know, quickie type situation? 
I want to say things, but I don't want to say things because it's a microphone and y'all don't need to know too much. But there are certain things and activities that it's just like, dude, I, we just need this. Well, you know, we can say this and it's not too revealing, but if you engage in oral sex um, and you've really had a stressful day and you just need to, you just need your spouse to dominate you with some great oral sex as a stress relief. We're all adults, I hope, listening to this podcast. Sometimes it's like, honey, even even Jeannie will do it in, in, in different words, but it's just like, I just really need you to take advantage of me tonight and really help me relieve some stress. I'm I'm a big proponent, of course, I'm a dude, so that maybe that's where it's from, but I'm a big proponent of stress management vis-a-vis orgasm because I think it really releases a lot of stress and it's very very helpful especially when things are going crazy and somehow you can just for a few moments step out of all the crazy and just focus in on this particular task because I mean there's times where you know you're having sex and you're thinking oh crap I gotta get this done and that done and kind of takes you out of the right headspace but when you can kind of get narrowed in and you and your spouse are like really connecting and you can really flex those orgasmic muscles and have that release. And it's like, I really needed that. And it's got to be careful though, too, because we've had times where it's like, we are both so freaking tired Yeah, that things are just not going to work. Yeah. And so you kind of have to balance things out because that can become for me it becomes a head game because it's like why are things not working not and for whatever reason it never registers we're both physically Physically, and emotionally drained i think also that we're just so used to making it happen so often and on the rare occasion it's an expectation and you're like wait what happened (laughs) yeah on the rare occasion when it doesn't happen it's like you don't take into account that it's like Oh, well, I slept about three hours in the last two, two and a half, three days. Yeah. And, you know, we, we emotionally want this, but physically the body is just exhausted. Yeah, my body's over here throwing up double aces. It's like, forget it, dude. This is <laughs> not, out. this is not happening. Yeah. And then, so I think, uh, you know, the third lesson, if you're a person that needs some kind of certainty, as you assess what's going on, you're taking like physical inventory to see how your body is responding to these emotional situations because it, it, emotions can make you sick. Um, maintain leverage um, on the things that you can control in a healthy sort of way, which is focus on the things you can affect. Control what you can and understand that there are, gonna be, there are in these times and all times there's going to be things that you cannot control so those things you're going to have to lose a whole lot less sleep over the best you can. And I would say that's probably three pointers. And just looking at what we've done, I'm trying to pull these we, strategies from what we are currently The one doing. thing that we did that really, really, really helps me is we sat down and in the, in the very beginning, we started with what things can I handle taking care of? Right. What things can you handle taking care of? I don't do well with having to make all the phone calls and meeting times and money stuff and numbers and percentages and all. I I don't have 
mm-hmm. the the headspace to do that when I'm over here trying to figure out what am I going to do with Hunter and Kirsten? What about packing? What about getting them to and from their appointments? I mean, in the last four months, every week we've had dental, eye doctor, doctor's appointments, physicals, school appointments, you name it, and I'm the go-to. So we sat down and made, we have two calendars. One calendar is just for me, myself. And it's where am I going to be at these times of the day? So everybody in the house can see at this time of the day, mom is doing this. So they know ahead of time, do not ask me if I can do something at this time. I cannot. It's already there. The other schedule is for what we need to get done as a whole Mm -hmm. for the house, the move, school, whatever. It's kind of, we kind of took our family calendar and broke it into two things so that we had a list, a running list of where I would be. It also helped Quincy because we linked our, our calendars on the phone. So when he's trying to plan his work schedule with out of town or, you know, we have award ceremonies for the seniors. Mo had her awards for Air Force. There were these different things going on and it was like, these are really important things to your kids. They've come to us both and said, I need you here. So we've made it a point to plan around those things specifically and make sure, like appointments for Hunter and Kirsten, I need Quincy in town for those things because I can't manage them on my own right now. Um, especially with me being tired, it's just not physically possible. But sitting down and saying, okay, so I will deal with the realtor because I know what I need in the house to help exactly. with Hunter and Kirsten. So I'm going to deal with Chuck and I'm going to tell him these are the things that are most important to me. Can you find me something? And I'm going to deal with all of the kids stuff, the school appointments, the doctors, all of these things. And I'm going to try and work on painting the house and little things that I can do at home to take things off of his honeydew list. Now, Quincy has a separate list of car maintenance, appointments to get things done with the vehicles, appointments to get things done with, um, you know, money arrangements, if we have different things that we have to plan in our budget schedule or we have um, appointments that he and I need to go do just me and him. These are all things on Quincy's list. So all I have to do is he pops it into the calendar, checks with me and says, do we have anything? No, we don't. Okay, cool. You just need to show up. I can do that. It takes a lot off of me to not have to worry about all the stuff. And when we have phone calls coming in, like when we started dealing with the rental house, for whatever reason, they're emailing me. They're all sending me stuff and I'm sending it to Quincy going, can't deal with this. I, I don't have the capacity. I cannot deal with this. So all of that got moved to his plate and taken off of mine so that I'm not trying to argue with these people because it was, oh my gosh, just getting the payment done was a day and a half of trying to make my head explode. I think they were trying really, really hard to see if they could do it. They almost succeeded. Almost. But, I mean, if you have a big project or if you have something coming and you know this is going to be a lot of stress, this we knew going into this. We have been talking to each other, open communication, since we made the decision. Every week, where are you? Mm-hmm. Where's your heart? How's your stress level? What can I do? What can I take off your plate? Can you do this for me? Can I do this for you? That's a huge part of it. And if you can determine in the beginning 
this is the load that I can handle. This is the load that you can handle. And when there's things that pop up, we have discussions. Do you do this? Do I do this? Do we have to do this together? Where does this sit? I've, we've had a couple of personal issues come up and it's like texting him when he's in a meeting. My anxiety is so high. I cannot do this. Can you please handle it? Mm-hmm. And removing me from the situation completely because I know my limitations. If you can establish that and have that type of communication, then it's actually a lot easier, I think, to go through this stuff because I know I'm not, I I know it's not all on my shoulders, even though it feels that way sometimes. I know that it's not. Well, I, and that kind of, to me, that kind of, that like plays well with focus on the things you can affect because I think it falls in line with play to your strengths. Understand there are things that you can affect personally. Now, when it comes to a house and finding the house, you know, I'm a, I'm a rough it guy, even though I've gotten soft and domesticated, um, I could just have a two or three bedroom house and pile everybody together and get over it. No, but we need to find out what it is you need. And then when it comes to negotiation or whatever it is, a lot of time that's going to be my strength. So I'll take the lead there. But I think one of the keys that you, that you talked about that I didn't bring up and I should have brought up, I think I was meaning to earlier was, um, when things are afar off, I will sit us all down and say, hey, remember, this is what we're getting ready to do. Understand, the closer it gets to time, the more we're going to turn mm-hmm. each, on each other. Remember, this is supposed to be home team. And then we get a list. We put our list together. We put execution dates on it. And then we try to live by that list. And then we continually scrutinize it as time goes on to see what, what else is there that we can do. The other thing that's been really good is we we are, I think, for us... I don't know what other people do. I don't know how they do it. If you have better suggestions, by all means, I'm Bring open. It but we have a running understanding of what each other's needs are. And for me, one of my biggest is safety. I have to feel safe. I have to feel stable. So as we're planning moving into this new house and knowing it's not like our current house. There's no safety things in place for Hunter and Kirsten. There's no cameras on the house. There's no screen door. There, there's a lot of things that we have here that we're walking into completely open. Right. And so we sat down the other night and we made a list in the phone of these are the appointments that I have to get to in the first two weeks. These are the things in the house that I need. And then both of us, Quincy brought up the point. He's like, but what do you need to feel safe? Because if I don't feel safe and you have to leave, I'm not going to be able to settle and the kids are going to be feeding off my energy, which is just going to make this all spin out of control. So it's really, really important, I think, that you understand each other's needs and that you sit down and you make that a priority to say, okay, this is what we're facing and this is what's coming what do you need so that we make sure these things are covered for you so that it's not harder on you than it needs to be? And so we've made a list. We've got things that are going to be showing up to the house before we even get there so that once we're there, we know what day one looks like. Mm-hmm. Day one is get everybody safe and me to feel comfortable with Hunter and Kirsten on my own. So it, it just, it helped a lot to know 
that was a priority for you as much as it is for me. It has to be a priority because it's the commitment that I made and I care about you. And that's, that's why I brought this episode up. Maybe you're not moving. Maybe there's nothing big going on in your life. Which that's, that's great. As you begin to endeavor in bigger things, or maybe you've had a loved one pass away and it's coming around close to whatever the anniversary of them is passing, or there's a traumatic, or there's something exciting uh, that can create, you know, even some, a graduation. Yeah, <laughs> that was the, emotional. Any of those things, you you know, working through that and being a support system to your spouse, um, you you just want to prepare yourself. You're not always going to get it all right. You you know, you're going to get a lot of things wrong, and that's fine. But I want to make sure that you know some strategies on get helping your spouse get through those things, helping your family. Um, you know, if you consider yourself one of the leaders of your family, these are things that, you know, leadership is not just about telling people what to do or being big and brawny and, you know, motivating. It's knowing what your people need and helping them through that so that they can perform to the best of what they're capable of doing. And then, you know, just sometimes teaching a lesson on the backside of that to say, hey, this is how we could do it better next time. Well, and I, the biggest, best tool that we have is asking questions because I suck at telling Quincy I need something. We have had so many people come in and tell us over the last couple months, We're, we want to come and help. How can we help pack? How can we help do this? How? I don't have an answer for you. I do not know how to categorize what I need. Mm-hmm. It's, there's just so much going on. I ha- I don't know how to do it. And it it's something that I'm trying to work on, but it's also something that Quincy stops and asks questions. Rather than, what do you need? It's, okay, I see you're doing this. If I did this, would that help? It It's, I know it sounds stupid, but honestly, you have no idea how stupid I feel when I can't tell you what I need. It's like, why can I not answer a simple question? I get that. Why, why can't I just tell you, I'm freaking out right now. I need this done. I, I can't always do it. I don't know why. There's there's a wire crossed somewhere, I guess. But it helps when you ask questions and present options to me. Good. I mean, we deal with autism, so it's something that we're familiar with doing on a regular basis. But for whatever reason, a grown-ass woman, I can't quite get it to click unless somebody else is posing questions. I can understand that. And, you know, being grown anything isn't always easy. That's just part of the human experience. So if you can find ways to manage through and to grow as a person, and because life is never going to stop throwing you curveballs. So maybe you get better prepared for this. Maybe this helps you along the way. But for something as big as this, for people that do not like change... Support them as best you can. This one is a hell of a lot better than the last one we went through, and that was just across town. Well. But that one sprung on us. We made a decision we were going to move. We found a house, and it was like, okay, we've got two months to get stuff done and get out. And that was just a whole hell of a lot harder than this. But I think in, in hindsight, we have grown quite a bit over the last four years in how we do things. I think that's that's what's made the biggest difference. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, just 
sometimes those situations, like, you can also, like, way overanalyze it and get, you know, too deep in the weeds, but that's really all the time we have for this episode. we got to cut it down right there. you got the three strategies. What are they? Assess the moment. Know what you're looking at. If you notice things are off, assess, ask questions, and then offer support. Two, look at physical reactions. You know, I can tell uh, certain things about my wife. And when she gets to points of being highly, highly emotional or things are very difficult, she starts breaking down physically, getting sick or, you know, nauseated headaches, migraines, etc. And then number three, once you've kind of determined the state of the union, what's going on and how are you doing emotionally and physically, Focus on the things that you can affect. Keep the control where it belongs. Understand, ha- know the mindset that there are going to be plenty of things you can't. And you guys, as a united group, will find a way to move through it. And you'll be better because of it. That's all the time we have for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. You know the cute diggity dog loves ya. For Jeannie and Quincy, this is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself. It's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.